You're listening to Thyroid Talk. I'm Dr. Angela Mazza. Thanks for joining us for part three of Compounding Pharmacies as we discuss the benefits of compounding medicine with Dr. Juan Lopez. Let's dive right in. Testing in there, that, that filler that we use, you know, it all has to be involved in there because you're pretty much calibrating your dose with the filler. Now that filler can change if you have certain sensitivities. Um, and you know, you can actually, you know, cut it down as much as possible. So if you need a smaller capsule size, you can do that. So that way there's less of anything. Um, you can actually use, you know, other, uh, nutrients if you needed to, to use it as a filler, like you're already wow. taking an amino acid, you can put an amino acid in there uh, that you would need, or you can use a food grade material that you know you can tolerate, or most likely with most of our preparations, there's a hypoallergenic filler that we use. Um, you know, it's pretty much microcrystalline cellulose, pretty common in, amongst a lot of the, the pharmacies and even commercial medications too. Um, but that one's been found to be more of a hypoallergenic um, filler that, that patients can use. And especially when you're hand making them, you don't need to put other things like lubricants or glidants because they're not running through a big machine. Uh, they're being okay. hand packed oh, and handmade. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So you, you're not having to run a huge batch in order to get that amount. You can run, you know, a hundred capsules for a three month supply and you have that hand packed in there. So that way there's less ingredients. Uh, you know, you can pick you know, is the gelatin capsule okay with you? Or if somebody has, you know, they can't right. have any porcine or pig components, then we can do a veggie capsule, you know, and vice versa, you know? So it's, it's yeah. really neat to be able to design that. I'm just so glad that one mentioned about the filler because, and I told you when, right before we started, I'm so ignorant about this subject that I really thought the filler was just for holding it together, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize it it really was part of the formulation sometimes. I think that's what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. And in terms of T3, T4, it's the only way you can really get an accurate dosing on there. So it's a needed thing that has to be in there, but at the same time, that's part of that formulation that you can influence and create for that patient. See, that's good because I think sometimes we hear, oh, fillers, like it's a, a it's bad just all, it's all bad. The way we hear about cortisol, for example, it's just bad. You know, it's just terrible. Well, no, you have to have bad. it. So you have to have it. So yeah, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other things that we've talked about on the show before, and I want to bring up because um, we talk about low dose naltrexone in oh, previous yes. episodes and treatment for treatment option in conjunction for um, Hashimoto thyroiditis and. Um, Low-dose naltrexone or LDN is something you can get through a compounding pharmacy as well. I mean, oh, just yes. to kind of remind our, our listeners, naltrexone is kind of one of those um, in high doses. It, we use it for addiction medicine and help with weight loss. But in low doses, it has, a, it has beneficial effects on our immune system. So that's the LDN. And could you speak to how you, you dose and, and oh, yeah. compound LDN a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. So that definitely over the... I think past probably 10 years has been gaining more and more uh, attention, especially as more like research is being done. Um, a lot of positive patient cases are being reported um, and practitioners are seeing good responses from that. But one of the things you know, you're correct with, there's a commercially available naltrexone out there. Um, 
Now that's much higher doses than what much you're higher. using. You're, that's like 10 times the dose. And it goes back to what we talked about where, you know, if you're trying to cut that tablet or like I've had this where they're trying to dissolve it in water and then measure out how much to take. Well, if you're really trying to get the benefits of that preparation, you know, even misdosing it where you're getting more drug than what you're supposed to be getting, you're not really going to get that accurate dose and the response you're looking at. And then we start to question as clinicians is, is this therapy, you know, is the medication not working for you or is it how it's being supplied or maybe the patient's condition really doesn't warrant this, you know, but, but now it's a factor that we need to consider that we don't know which one it is. Right. Right. So when we prepare it, that that's one of the things too. There's many different dosage options available. So we have now Trexone as liquid drops, you know, for super sensitive people that only want, you know, they know that they can tolerate almond oil. So we have all, you know, drops that provide that now Trexone calibrated per drop, right? Um, we have capsules in the hypoallergenic filler, you know, so it's just now Trexone with the hypoallergenic filler in a capsule, three ingredients, and that's it. Um, we actually developed a process at our pharmacy where we have these uh, pressed tablets that are scored because, you know, some patients that know a little bit more about naltrexone, you know, the dosing will, will need to be flexible. You'll have right. to go, you know, start, start low, low yeah, start low, go slow and, you know, get used to the medication. And sometimes if it's a little bit too much, you can go down. And what we found out probably about, I don't know, eight years ago was, you know, we'd get a prescription for one and a half milligrams, but they needed three or they got it for four and a half and they needed to start it at 1.5. So we developed this really awesome tablet that's scored in a way that you can break it down to quarter dosages and build up your dose wow, based right. on what you need. And your doctor knew that that's, that's what you were doing. You were trying to find the best level for you. And we found the, and developed a way that we could actually use nothing but the actual active ingredient and a hypoallergenic filler. We, because we're doing a small batch, we don't need the glidants and lubricants and binders and colorants and all, all that that's in a normal tablet. We're able to create a flexible dosing tablet that is pretty much just two ingredients. Yeah, and actually the dosing of this tablet works out perfectly for patients because you start at 1.5 and then you work your way up. The highest dose is 4.5, so that's why it's... Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near what the other dosing, uh, the regular naltrexone dosing is. But the, you know, so at the max dose, you're going to be on one and a half tablets. Yeah. Whereas you're not asking for compounding specific dosing where then a patient can't have that flexibility. Yeah. Or what usually happens is Friday night, you know, if we're closed <laughs> during the weekend, oh, Friday yeah. night, they're like, I really need to change my dose. And they don't have oh, a prescription right. for maybe the lower dose because they used it and now they went to the right. higher dose. So that patient now either goes without therapy over the weekend or they're using a different strength than what's optimal for them. So these tablets, we found out that, well, they can adjust it as they need to, you know. And we actually had so much request for it that we have a 4.5 milligram tablet because then it's just easy. Like once somebody's on there, you're like, yeah, okay, you know you tolerate yeah. it. So. Uh, and even that is scored too. So let's say one, you know, you're, you're kind of wanting to cut back a little bit or you need to go to a lower dose again. Like let's say you, you stop taking it, life happens. And you want to restart it, but you want to start lowering and increase. So we have that going on. And it's, I got to say, it's pretty, pretty useful and convenient for patients. I think patients. it's super convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, pretty happy uh, about the responses we get and the feedback from patients. So that's, that, that's when you know that, that you're helping out a lot of people. So 
And, and as we mentioned about hormone replacement therapy, that's probably the only, that's the other reason I refer patients over for both female and male hormone replacement. But I'm curious, once you get a script, how long does it take you to actually create it? I mean, does it depend upon what the medicine is or the dosing or? Yeah, it definitely. And this is where it, it really comes in handy having that relationship with that, that practitioner. Cause if it's something that we see all the time, you know, that we, we get in, that's, you know, this is a more common strain. Well, you know, we can have a little bit ready on the shelf. So that way, you know, if you come into the shop, you can wait for it. We can get it ready. You know, um, sometimes we do need to prepare it, you know, make it fresh. Maybe the beyond use date isn't that long. Uh, so we typically ask for 24 to 72 business hours because uh, sometimes some of the gels uh, take 24 hours to, to gel up in the form of, you uh. know. And we got to make sure it's gelled up and perfect, you know, so we can check it before we actually dispense the medicine. So, um, you know, sometimes the actual process, like there's one that we used to make for, for canker sores. Friday night was the only time you can make it because you left it spinning for two oh. days and oh. you came in Monday morning to finish up the process. So it's one of those things that wow. even depending on the characteristics of the drug, on the process... Like it could take the like you know full seventy two hours of actually making it, uh, where something's sitting there spinning out or gelling or firming up or cooling down. <laughs> and these are things that none of us really are gonna ever think about. That's what the, I, I love this show because it's really really fascinating. I would never have thought of that. Well, that's why it's like, and we we try to do our part, you know, to communicate with the patient, let them know, especially when it's one of those that's you know. A, you pretty labor intensive. Last, <laughs> can't wait till the last minute. Yeah. That's really true, I think, with any... I mean, you can't... Like, really shouldn't. You shouldn't because you can assume that some other pharmacy will have something, but they might yeah. not either. But some of the other stuff, like acute stuff, like magic mouthwashes, antibiotics for kids, hospice patients, you know, we'll triage and do those, you know, as soon as possible. Magic mouthwashes, we aim for the same day in, same day out, as long as we get it before two, you know, and... Like that's like the the, the tempo that we want to keep with some what of those things. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we both are like, oh, magic mouthwash. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... So magic mouthwash, <laughs> it's a general term that covers all, pretty much uh, one-off custom mouthwashes to address issues either with the mouth or the throat. Yeah. And there's different um, recipes, right? Oh, yeah, there's like... Duke's magic mouthwash. <laughs> there's, you know, Jimmy's magic mouthwash. Like, over the years, I, I, yeah, there's just, there's so many. Uh, and then every, some docs prefer it with or without this ingredient, uh, with water, no water. But pretty, a lot of times, you know, there'll be like, there's a couple of commercial um, mouthwashes or suspensions that are, get used. So like Nystatin suspension, lidocaine, uh, which is a numbing agent suspension. Uh, sometimes you need an antibiotic because, you, you know, you have cuts and everything in your mouth. So they're wanting to prevent that. Uh, from becoming an issue and, and a lot of times they'll use like a Benadryl solution oh. or elixir which has alcohol in it which you kind of be like ah, that might hurt but at the same time the alcohol helps be an anesthetic yeah. the diphenhydramine they found out helps with some of the pain as well so pretty much you just put all those together something's got to work right you, you <laughs> it's get, magic yeah you get those going <laughs> and the title it's yeah. the name and a lot of times you can influence too because uh, if you ever had that you know it's kind of like a creamy it, it gets kind of exciting with the flavors because some of the commercial ones have like banana flavor and cherry and mint so that combo gets kind of <laughs> nice uh, but of course being a, a compounding pharmacy we can actually do it from scratch so like not too long ago there was a lidocaine viscous shortage well, we were just able to prepare a lidocaine viscous, you know, uh, a pretty much a, a thick slurry of lidocaine. Um, 
of course expiration date gets a little bit shorter on that because of some of the regulations but we were you know that mouthwash is really only used for you know seven days sometimes 14 right you're not gonna you're not using it for months and months at a time uh if you are then that's that's a different scenario yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, like some of our oncology patients cancer patients like you know but we'll we'll make them fresh and you know for that but you know a lot of times you'll put things in there like an antacid and you're thinking why are you putting heartburn medicine in it well that coats the mouth you know it makes it feel better um and you know so those combinations i think our formulation database probably has like at least like four or five hundred different you know wants of that like because there there's i want these three ingredients at a one-to-one-to-one ratio and then the next doc sends it in they're like but i want it diluted with like half water so that is a whole new formula even though it's like the same actives with a little water but yeah and it just keeps going i think at last count we were like at thirty thousand plus formulas whoa so yeah (laughs) so gotta keep track of all those I'm just thinking about having braces sometimes too. That's another, oh, yeah. another you know, <laughs> you can oh, yeah. have trouble sometimes. Um, you know what, Juan? I think you answered this very early on, so I'm really just kind of circling back around just to make sure. Did you say that you also can provide regular prescription medications that are pre? you know already made you can dispense them also oh yeah the commercially made uh manufactured yeah um we we can and in fact you know if it goes hand in hand with the therapies that we are compounding a lot of times just for ease of access and compliance so making sure the patient's able to get them and use them we can carry commercial insurance i'm I'm sorry commercial medications Uh however we don't process insurance so like for us specifically Uh. But, you know, especially when we're looking at, like, medications, a lot of the ones that we use, you know, it, we just do a fair, like, this is a the price of the medication with a dispensing fee. And, fair market price. Yeah, try, yeah. try to keep it reasonable because we're trying to have that compliance. We're looking at that end outcome. Um, sometimes, though, we find that commercial pharmacies are able to, you know, bill the insurance and have that covered for the patient. And if that's going to be a barrier to what they need, then by all means, go get that, you know, at the commercial pharmacy, get that, you know, process so that way you have it. We choose to, you know, specialize in compounding and make sure that we spend all our time that we can enhancing that. So if it's something that goes with our therapy, a lot of times we'll carry it along with it, you know, so that way you can get it all at once. Um, but then other times it just works out better for the patient to get it at a commercial pharmacy. So definitely we, we have access to stuff. We can order it. A lot of patients actually will come to us. We had this the other day where, um, they were allergic to a filler that's found in like 90% of the commercial products. I wasn't able to get the pure chemical to compound it for them. But what I did is we spent time researching every commercially uh, made which drug. Man, which manufacturer? Yeah, and we found a manufacturer that doesn't use an ingredient they're allergic to or have that sensitivity to. So the patient now comes to our pharmacy and gets it from us because we have it set to specifically order this one in DC, this, uh, you know, this actual medication from that manufacturer. So then that way they know that they're not going to, you know, it's not going to get switched out because of a contract or something. You know, we're specifically ordering that one. And we took the time to research it. And I think that patient just really appreciated that. You know? Oh, yeah, that extra step. Yeah. Well, I would have for sure. Um, you may not know this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a really rough segue here. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to um, 
Yeah, I just decided to just dive in. Uh, you know what, Juan? We like, we like to talk about cats on this show a lot, okay? <laughs> so um, there was just no way to approach this in a, a smooth way. Um, we talk about dogs, too, just FYI. Love, love, love all the pets. Um, so I had a cat years ago, really serious health crisis. Uh, I, we, I almost had to go to a compounding pharmacy, which I wish now in retrospect I would have, but in the end, for some reason, the vet clinic provided the medicine. Um, but now I see from your website, you, t- you guys talk a lot about pet medication. And I really, that was a great section and very informative on your website. I spent a long time on there actually <laughs> this morning. And um, yeah, I really encourage folks to to take a look at that, especially that, in particular, that page, but it was really very informative and helpful. But, so my question is, was, if veterinarians and maybe emergency vet hospitals send you many, many prescriptions for pets, is that a is that a pretty big thing for you guys? Well, it's definitely something that we do. We help out, you know, our furry friends, and we definitely get them the medications that they need. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get calls from, you know, emergency situations all the way to just maintenance medications uh, for, you know, all the pets because... A lot of times, I don't know if you've ever tried feeding a cat, you know, a yes, capsule. Mom, I have. <laughs> yes, that, that it doesn't work out so well. Times. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be cool if you could get their medicine in their system by rubbing some cream on their it ear? It would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that I mean, that's and I, that. That is the thing, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. You can, especially because the blood flows there. You're putting it in a penetrating oh, one. They're and, cute little ears. Oh yeah, and you can you can concentrate that dose. I think you're just. Oh, you're just giving them some yeah. love, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can you can we can concentrate that cream down. It's just you know That's a small amazing. little drop. You rub it in. I'm so glad they, I asked that question. Oh yeah, they love it. They're purring, and you know it, it's great because they get that dose, and you don't have scratch marks and I or just fire. Oh, yeah. Finger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. you got to wear gloves so you don't get it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah right, we don't want right, another right. problem. Like yeah. Cat scratching. Yeah. Yeah, cats. Very difficult. But yeah, even oh, even gosh. flavoring sometimes is a challenge because you know if if. If it's there's an aversion to a certain taste, then we can just flavor it and. Do you make it like wedding. tuna flavor? Oh, we have tuna. Oh, we have tuna flavor, and it stinks up the pharmacy. It's just yeah. I told you, Juan can make anything. I'm gonna ask for a prescription for myself. Tuna flavor. Oh, we got tuna. There's beef. Chicken is. I mean, chicken's like the most popular. And then we got in uh, the text. We're looking at like different you know flavors, and they were like, "Well, we gotta get this one." So recently, we added on some bacon. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. Where, what's your what's the address? <laughs> I'll be right. Oh, there. absolutely. Yeah. No, so we we're we're definitely looking at those uh those flavor options cuz you know, peanut butter or marshmallow. Wow. Very um, cool. And of course, making sure that they don't have ingredients that are toxic to oh, the pets, right. you know, yeah. xylitol being one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. That's so, the last thing you want. Just egg, be giving you your pets that. something something that should help them. them. And it makes them more sick. Yeah, exactly. Does anyone ever bring the lucky pet in to Show oh yeah! You. Oh, oh really? my yeah. gosh! Yeah. I thought you were gonna think that was the stupidest question. No, ever. no, no. Because sometimes I'll be back on the bench and you'll hear a bark, and all of a sudden, <laughs> like I'll look at the pharmacist next to me and be like, "Did you just bark?" And then, no, no. The, you know, there's, you know, we have someone up in front, and then you know, we go out and we see oh, them, and my yeah. Gosh. Sometimes when they come and pick up, you know, that right under their arm, oh. and you know, they'll be checking out. So yeah, oh, we we do. You know what? I was so afraid to ask that question because <laughs> I thought you were gonna look at me like, "What is wrong with you?" Oh. Oh, no, 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 that's definitely, I, I mean, there that. are, there are patients too, you know, 
So yeah. we take care of them. And that page, just again, that page on your website was really impressive. It's oh, yeah. Very, very yeah, helpful. and if they want to read anything on there, it's makerx.com, M-A-K-E-R-X.com. And on there, there's a lot of different, you know, specialties that we dive into. There's information on there that's good to check out. You can always check Facebook as well. We put updates out. Um, you know, especially if there's something hard to find or something that we stumble across. Sometimes we're reading articles late at night and we're like, oh, this would be great to share. And you can, you know, share it there and you guys can read it when, when you're not up at midnight. (laughs) Well, we actually have another listener question from central Florida. And I think you might've already addressed this, but, um, the question is if there's a reason someone can't swallow a pill, can a compounding pharmacist make a pill into a liquid? To make it possible to take the prescribed medication but i think you kind of yeah yeah and th- you know there's some caveats to that because not every you can't do it with everything you can't do probably. it with everything and then also if one of the reasons they can't take that oral medication is because there's a f- filler issue oh. right but that medication is not available as a pure capsule then like our starting material could possibly be the tablet or capsule and then that would be a consideration is that there's that sensitivity issue. Um, some other ones, too, are very – sometimes the drugs, when they get wet, they start acting a little differently. Mm. They decay really fast. Um, they may not work as well as certain capsules. So some medications are designed to go into the stomach and release through the stomach in your intestines and actually release the uh. medicine there to work there. If you put that at a medicine without like some sophisticated technology that some of the manufacturers have, that medicine is pretty much going to dump into the stomach and try to do its work there, which means you're not, not necessarily be yeah, going to have the same effect. Because of the digestive process? That- and where the drug releases. Yeah. So those are different factors. So especially yeah, like when, when you're wanting to do a switch, you should talk to the pharmacist and your doc because depending on the therapy, depending on what you're trying to treat, uh, it all matters, and it can influence the, the the final compound. But yeah, we in in general we can do that, and that's one of the the things that we do frequently in order to to get patients the medicines that they need. Very cool. And you now, know, one just as an aside, I think I again in my ignorance have been using filler and binder as synonyms, but they're. I'm hearing they're not necessarily the same. I I think when I was using filler, I was really meaning binder, bi- a binding agent, but it's they're not the same. Well, are they, or? well, a binder can is a filler, but not all fillers are binders. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a binder, like if they're running a tablet, a binder will keep that tablet together rather than breaking apart. Um, it also help whenever like it's punched out if it's on a machine or if it's sliding into a, an actual capsule you know it'll, it can keep it close together you know uh, the actual powder and the chemicals uh, then you have things like lubricants so it allows the powder to slide down the machinery however it needs to depending on what they're using uh, fillers will help with you know some of them will be you know to help with the dosing because they're like well we need to have this size tablet but the drug is so small so we've got to fill it with something okay no uh, so some things are made to calibrate the dose. Some things are in there to help with the actual process of making it. So a manufacturer will, will have things in there specifically for, you know, for them to manufacture that drug. Um, and then there's some things too, you know, like certain coatings because it has to go through the stomach. So you'll have, you know, those inactive ingredients, you know, listed because, you know, they have to coat it so it goes through the stomach. So they can be, you know, that list of inactive ingredients can get pretty long, but 
you know, if you have an issue with one of them, you know, you can always talk with a compounding pharmacist and we can tell, you know, is it needed or is it something that it can be left out if it's compounded versus, you know, manufactured. Well, that just explained a lot. That was very helpful. And I, and I think you answered this question also, but incredibly, we have another listener question, Our, um, Central Florida listener, and it is, do compounding pharmacies work with insurance companies? And if so, how does that work? Right. But I think so. you said your pharmacy does not work with. Yeah, that that's a decision that, you know, each pharmacy needs to make. You know, a couple of years back, we actually did take insurance. Yeah, um, I thought I remember that, but it seems like. It, it all depends. Right. Like, that's the question. It all depends. Um, and it depends on the actual insurance formulary like what do they cover some insurances do cover compounds some will only cover a certain percentage and lots of lots of insurance companies don't cover like hormone replacement at all yeah so it's the class of drug it's a class of drug like any sort of bhrt yeah i mean it's any female hormone replacement testosterone hormone replacement lots of plans don't cover it all or you or you have to hit like certain requirements like you have to test out showing something specific before yeah. they'll cover it it's, or you have to have a certain diagnosis before they'll cover it so there's right. a lot of a lot of loop potential barriers yeah, yeah. To, to having it covered but in terms of the insurance you may find that some do um, or some will at least apply it to your total drug spend. Right. Um, like I know our pharmacy will give a universal claim form. It has they all the, it. yeah, it has all yeah. the drug codes, the amounts we yeah. use, the, the commercially, uh, it's called AWP. So that's kind of like the commercial price, uh, that's out there that's published, you know, so it kind of gives them that. And then what they actually paid for, you know, for the medication with us. So it really all depends. I know when we used to cover it or, or used to process the insurance, um, it got to a point though that in the beginning they would cover it because they just came out with some new software that had, uh, that actually sent all the ingredients in. So the wow. insurance company, when you're billing an actual insurance, like compound, you're not just billing one drug, you're billing like four or five or two, you know, like it, it's actually each individual uh, component. Okay. And I've even had some claims come back rejected maybe just cause the flavor, you know, it, you know. They don't cover the flavor or they don't cover water because water is not a billable drug, you know, component. There's no national drug code. Yeah. Yeah. But it's part of that formulary that that they do. So it's one of those things that um, I just noticed we were spending so much time processing Mm -hmm. uh, a claim to just have it. It's 90% of the the time it was rejecting. And so we figured, you know, we can pass on that efficiency and the way that we price is you know is this a fair price based on the labor the cost the expertise to prepare it you know um is it something that you know i readily have access to or do i need to like some chemicals i source i have to wait three weeks to get in you know pay a lot of of money on the transport you know those sorts of things so you know a lot of times we were looking at it and our patients would still be able to you know afford their medication um but we were able to be more efficient in what we did. So, you know, probably about six years ago, we stopped b- billing any of the insurance. And at that time, I think about majority of everything was rejecting anyways, you know? Right. So, yeah. but I would still take advantage of the universal claim form, send that into the doc, uh, to the to insurance. Lose, right? Yeah, right. So well. that way they can at least help apply it. You can always use, you know, HSA, FSA oh, uh, yeah. on prescriptions because they are prescription medications. So. Thanks so much for joining us for part three of Compounding Pharmacies. We're going to push pause right there. Coming up soon, check us out for part four. And as always, listeners, 
Thanks for joining us for Thyroid Talk.